Belleville one more time. Yes, it's an honor to be here with you. Good to be with Kevin and Sherry again and all the team. We had a, I thought we had not a bad time last night at the leadership gathering. Sure, the, the absolute food was uh, not too shabby. Did anybody not enjoy that? Yes, I did too much praying last night. It's affected my voice, you know what I mean? It's calling on God and believing the Lord for good things. I want to say thank you uh, for your prayers for our daughter, Ashley. I'm very grateful for that. For those of you who had already asked me, maybe five or seven times before I got to the front, uh, thank you for your thoughtfulness. And uh, we, we absolutely need a miracle from God, and I know that you know that God does miracles, right? By the way, is there anybody here that you have had a miracle happen in your life? All right, I just wanted to check that out. Just wanted to check it out. Uh, one of the things that Holy Spirit's been putting in my heart in various venues that I, as I travel is a refocus of the church on the working of miracles. And um, we thank God for the gift of healings, but all nine gifts are to be operating today, correct? And they're not going to be operating through anybody but those who want them to be in operation through our lives. How many desire? Because you know, my, one of my overwhelming things is I, I find it very hard to believe that God's got all these gifts for his people and so few people desire them. I haven't figured that one out yet, you know, but uh, maybe you'll figure that out and help me out. But I'm um, here, God's got gifts for his people. And for me, I believe that as he is filled with the Spirit, he wants to add to that the gifts of his person so that we can advance the kingdom of God. It was our privilege to live in this city for almost six years and have returned to this beautiful city every year since 1976 for the last 42 years, except one year. And uh, I felt that it was something, God did something in my uh, my DNA while I was here in Belleville uh, helped to shape a life of prayer, helped to uh, uh, release an understanding of the role of evangelism through his church to expand his kingdom. And uh, the influences of many people that while here in this area were, were powerful and how can I say it, they were formational in uh, many of the things that we have uh, sought to do and work on behalf of the Lord. So this is a privilege to walk with Kevin and Sherry for these last 23 years. Your anniversary is coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, so I'll just say ahead of time, happy 23rd anniversary as a congregation. You're, you're two years into your fourth cycle of seven. And I believe that as you began again in the 21st year, you've been revisiting some of the things where you started. And God is uh, doing wonderful things. I've been listening to a series of messages preached by this crazy guy from this city called Going to the Next Level. Has anybody heard any of those? So why should I change subject matter this morning, right? Why don't I just fit right into it? So going to the next level and you say, well, what does that nebulous title mean? What's the next level? Has anybody wondered what the next level is? Well, God has places in his, in our journey with him where we can literally go from uh, glory to, to glory, you know? And, and glory, we, we sometimes keep it up in the mystical realm, 
but it's the revealed visible presence of the invisible God. That's what glory is. Let me say that one more time. The glory of God is the revealed visible presence of the invisible God. And you and I have the opportunity to, to not only know the glory of God, but to reveal the glory of God. And he's put the treasure of his glory inside of us. Now, some of the language that I may use this morning, um, you, you may not track with me sometimes on some of the language that I use, so write it down and, and seek it out and, and maybe mull over it. I have some people in our congregation say, was that word that you used when you are preaching on Saturday, is that really a word? And I say, well, why don't you uh, go? It's like people reading books, and you come to a word you don't know, so you skip over and keep going, and we lose the whole meaning of what the author put the word in there for. That's where we move from reading to studying. We back up to that word, and we study that word out, fit it into the context, and it makes more sense and gives greater clarity and a greater understanding. Um, while uh, my home is just down the road. Uh, the founder of my city, and the name is Brockville, it's called General Brock. General Brock, can you say General Brock? General Brock. And we move up the St. Lawrence River to the mouth of the Lake Ontario and we have Kingston. We have Old Fort Henry. We have Royal Military College. We have Bearfield, the training of army officers for scores and scores of years. And planted right in this inlet in this Bay of Quinte is this beautiful city called Belleville. I don't know if you've ever studied the roots of your city, but I've had the privilege of doing that. To try to unpack the origins of your city in which you live, to find some of the strongholds that maybe the church is not aware of that they're facing that are a part of your history. And they've been brought up into the present. And sometimes they keep us from going to the future. As a matter of fact, in 2009, while laying on my face at the International House of Prayer, the Lord gave me an elongated prophetic word for this house, which I held on to for four years and submitted in 2013 to your overseeing leaders and then to the leadership to see if there was anything to it that might enable you to go to your future. Because the Holy Spirit had put this uh, word in my heart that this area was living under a ceiling. It was an inability to break through. So as I kept inquiring of the Lord, I felt that the Lord said to me one of the major strongholds in this area is a withholding spirit. And I'll let you work that through. Write that down. And um, I have prayed much for this house that anything that would be withheld from God would be broken. And that anything that would be withheld amongst the members of the body would also be broken. For instance, that a husband would not withhold his love from his wife. 
And the wife would not withhold her love from her husband. And mom and dad would not withhold their love from their children if they have not done exactly what you wanted them to do. In other words, that God would break conditional stuff off and embrace us in the unconditional power of his nature as the love of God. Very easy for us to withhold our finances from God. But at the same time, want blessing. It's an amazing contradiction in terms. Wanting protection, wanting all those things that the release and the return of our tithe and our offerings and our love gifts to God brings to us. It's very interesting that God would take a man out of London, England, send him to Canada, give him a message. He'd go around through the church world, go around and tell my people to stop robbing me. A 45-year-old businessman, lay down your cars, lay down your credit cards. I've got an assignment for you. He does it all, lays down everything, sits in the presence of God and says, what does he want me to do? I want you as a businessman to get up, go around the world and tell my people, my people to stop robbing me. Interesting, isn't it? So I invited, ended up bringing him to Canada back in the 90s. And he came into our house on a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday and began to deal with the withholding spirit in our house. And our house of giving on a regular weekly basis was from 21 to 24,000 a week with five public services. But somehow inside of my gut, I knew there was something not right. I knew. And I shared it with my leadership, and they got offended with me. So I said, well, you're closer to the books than I am. Why don't you check? I felt that there was over 80% disobedience in our house when it came to our giving. That's what I had this thing. I had no proof. But I had this thing on the inside of me. So I presented it. Uh, the treasurer at that time, I thought he was going to have a heart attack because his face got so red, he got so angry at me. And so anyways, I said, well, you're closer to it all. Why don't you let me know what you think it is? So three weeks later, he called me and he said, can we have lunch? I said, sure. He said, you could see that I was angry with you. You could see that. I said, yes, I could see that you were kind of angry with me. Went from red from here and back and here and back and here and back and... And I said, um, yeah, so what did you find? He said, well, I think you were a little low. And uh, I said, well, well, what did you get? He said, well, I think there's probably about between 20 and 24% of the people in this house that are regularly returning their tithes and their offerings and their love gifts to God. And this is what I knew in my, in my spirit. You see, there's something on this house that maybe you're not aware of. But there is an anointing for things for you to break through into. Pardon me if I am tender this morning because my heart is tender towards you. So I said to him, is 75% disobedience in the house okay with you? 
And he said, no. I said, why don't you and I do something about it? We agree together. Believe God for him to do incredible things amongst you. So the rest is history. Our offering went from twenty-one to $24,000 a week. In one week to 55000 And to sixty-four, and did not go down for over six years. So what do you say? Ah, that's just an illustration. But as I laid on my face at IHOP for you, I didn't know. Didn't have any idea. I very rarely give prophetic words to congregations. But this thing has been so deeply embedded in the inside of me that I cannot escape it for you as a people. So in the spirit realm, I'm contending for you, your house, your future. As a father, I love you. And I'm contending in my loins for the corporate body and the individual in this house. That as every one of us would come to a place, I'm no longer going to withhold anything from anywhere. I'm going to surrender. May the Holy Spirit write upon these words. And may they go into our heart. You know what we could do as a church? To expand the kingdom. The difference between 22 and 55. You do the math. But there's something. There's something that God has for you to break out into a place that you've not gone to. In the history of your ministry. And I say that with great regard. Our great breakthrough came I went there in the 60th year. And the breakthrough came in the 70th year. Isn't that interesting? In the 70th years. Almost like 70 years of captivity. They're throwing that in there for what it's worth. But in preparation for today, I'm looking at where Belleville is positioned. You have warring centers all around you. We have the Trenton Air Base just down here to the left. We have the Highway of Heroes that runs up and through your city, splits it in half. There's something in the realm of warfare that God has for you as a people to step into and to begin to walk in dimensions of warfare and breakthrough, maybe that some have no one individually, but not no one corporately. So back in the uh, late 70s and early 80s, I had this word come into my, just into my mind, just a simple word. And I thought, I wonder what that's about. So I'm talking now, 81, 80, 81, that's a long time ago. Can somebody say I wasn't born yet? And I carried this thing, carried this thing, carried this thing, just carried it, and then I began to study it out, began to find out what it meant. And I just shared with Kevin before the service that I have not publicly declared this message, though I've had it complete for about 16 years. I have messages that I have put together and not yet preached. Because uh, 
The discerning as a fivefold minister is to discern between what God is saying to you, for you, and what God is saying through me to the people. And there's a difference in that. And I've tried to take the pulse and say, God, is what you're saying for me? Or is it what I'm to do as an overseeing leader to help the people to understand this dimension or this idea or this concept or this truth so that we could uh, break it out and see God uh, do some special things. So that's preamble this morning. I haven't started yet. Preamble is I'm waiting on the Lord continually for the outcomes of that word. Because I believe in a prophetic viability. And I believe in prophetic responsibility. That when you give something, that we have a stewardship before God. And a responsibility for what comes out of our mouth. I find much prophecy today very flippant. There'd be less prophecies if the prophetic dimension of the house embraced more prophetic responsibility for what they're saying. May the Lord take that and allow that. But I believe this house is to be prophetically influenced and apostolically led. That is why as God in your presence has taken time in Kevin and Sherry's life to raise them up as your overseers. I hear you calling him pastor again this morning. Pastor is mentioned once in the New Testament scripture. Once. One time. You keep using those terms, you're keeping a ceiling on this house. Barry is not a pastor. Thought I'd get an amen in the house. So, what are you saying, Ken? Well, this is a five-fold ministry center. Language is very important as you go into your future. And I encourage you today, being an apostle is what I do. It's not who I am. So it's Ken, functioning apostolically. It's Kevin and Sherry functioning apostolically. It's very functioning prophetically because our titles follow our names. We've got it backwards by calling them Dr. Bill Banks or Dr. Fred Cooper. We put it in front and we get impressed with titles. This movement that God is releasing in the earth is, has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the fivefold ministry, the restoration of the headship of Christ in its full function, that will take us to another level. Because we've lived a hundred years with a pastor-teacher model. When will we be delivered from that? Will we be delivered from pastors and teachers? Of course not. Because it's part of who Christ is. But there is a war. If I were the enemy, I would work overtime and double time to keep apostolic, prophetic, and evangelistic function happening from the house of God. 
That's what I, if I were the enemy. And I'm not. He, and uh, he doesn't really like me. He doesn't even want me talking like this this morning. There is a sense of reform in this house. To bring about transformation in your region. I believe this house represents a vanguard of this region. We preface these remarks to say that this has got nothing to do with arrogance, but it has everything to do with confidence. We must Know our God in a way that the spirit of humility when embraced in our lives will produce a confidence that we would not normally ever have in the flesh. And I believe that God desires to raise up body-wise confident believers. Many of you have walked through support and recovery and all those ministries for the last many years, I want to speak to you this morning. Step out of your recovery into a confidence in God that you know not of. Accept your recovery. Embrace that recovery. And step into everything that God has for you. Anybody with me? I'm just trying to follow really sensitively this morning to God. What is the vanguard? The vanguard is broken down into two words. It means that we come to an understanding of what the word means. It's a body of soldiers marching ahead of the main part of the army. A body of soldiers. My three portions of scripture for you this morning is this. Is 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 18, 19, and 20. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 to 10 and 10 to 18. And the second last scripture is Romans chapter 13 and verse number 14. That these ver verses would embody who we are as the people of God. If we have been taught to put on the whole armor of God, then in a sense, what's the purpose of being dressed in the armor of God if we've been called to a playground and not a battleground? We would put on running shoes and boxer shorts and a t-shirt and, and play. But we've been called out of darkness into light We've been translated by the power of the Holy Spirit out of that darkness into light that we might walk in the light as he is in the light. Is there agreement in the house? And I believe that we must begin to not only see ourselves as the saints of God, which we are, as the sons and daughters of God, which we are, 
and the servants of God, which we are, but understand that we are also soldiers in his army. And he has given us all the equipment that we need, both inside and outside, that we might literally volunteer to participate in the army of God. A body of soldiers marching ahead of the main part of the army. What to do? To clear the way. What else to do? To guard against surprise. You military people in this room and you police people in this room. Track with me this morning. This is your language, your world. Because God's calling you up to another level. I believe, I said to Kevin, that God would formulate a group of strategists out of this house in the near future. And you'd begin to put plans together that God would give you for this region. That there would be breakthrough after breakthrough until you break out into something that only we have dreamt of. And there's been enough prophetic words in this region. There must come prophetic fulfillment to the words that the Lord has spoken. And that is what the apostolic does. We interpret. We unpack. We define. We come together. We bring minds together and spirits together so that we can develop plans that God has for regions and cities and towns and villages. And I, I simply believe in this house that God would literally maybe three, maybe four strategical thinkers in this room that God would raise up and set you apart with your overseeing leadership team and together see what God has for you. I'm sorry that this is so deep on the inside of me this morning. What else is it? It's the foremost leading position. That's why I see, speak these words in humility. For those that track with us in the Ripple Network, we have a mantra. And our mantra is this. It's not about being first, which is a competitive spirit. But it's about going first. And I believe that anointing is on this house. It's the anointing the willingness to go first, to take risks. Come on now. But it's a foremost and a leading position. It's the forefront leaders of a movement. Do you think that you could be sitting literally right now on the edge as your leader has been talking to you about going to another level? Could you be sitting on the edge to be part of a forefront leadership in a movement of God in this region? That God would set his affection upon us. And he would say, I want to work through this group of people. And he always has a vanguard. He'll always have a vanguard. And I'm here to say today, almost like prophetic direction, that I believe that this house is designed by God to be the van. The van is a group of people that experiment with new ideas. See, sometimes we live in paralysis as a church because we're waiting for God to tell us to do everything. And if we do something that we believe God told us to do and it doesn't work, then who was wrong, God or me? We bear shame, prophetic shame lots of times 
I thought it was the word of the Lord, and I acted on the word of the Lord. It didn't seem to be, and all of a sudden, it shuts down the prophetic. Say, Ken, what is the solution for that? No problem. Let's create an atmosphere where mistakes are okay. Why is it in every other place and culture you can experiment, but you can't in the house of God with new ideas? And I believe that God wants us to try new things. The scripture says that we are the army of God and we're exhorted in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 3 and 4 to be good soldiers. Why? To please the one who has enlisted us to be in his army. We are to be focused, perseverant people of his kingdom. This means preparing ourselves both offensively to clear the way and defensively to guard against surprise. I believe that Holy Spirit would speak to us about being fully clothed in the armor of God and all the pieces to protect as well as the sword of the Spirit and the invisible weapon of prayer that Barry invited us to to corporate prayer on Tuesday night. May I ride on that what would happen if everyone in this room this morning, showed up for corporate prayer on Tuesday night. What do you think would happen in the region? Guys, politics is not our answer. How many of us understand that? And I bless the politicians. I love them. I pray for them. I, I do all that kind of stuff, right? If the church is not the answer that's expressing the kingdom, then what is This is how we've been addicted to servanthood so long. I'm a committed servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, but all my serving flows out of my sonship, not vice versa. And all my soldiering also flows out of my sonship. So I got to know who I am first. And then I get assignments from God as to where to serve and to where to soldier. And it's like the city of Belleville is in a region that is caught between Two super uh, protected areas in the nation of Canada. I don't know if there's any other belt like that in our nation that goes from Kingston and comes right up here to Trenton. And it's such a focused area, such a strategic area in our nation to protect as well as to be offensive in the things that, that we do. I believe that what the Holy Spirit is trying to say is to raise us up to be the vanguard, which is the leading position, prophetically speaking. God wants us to be the head and not the tail. To train leaders for tomorrow's world, we must be about our Father's business. While I was praying for, for this week, I submit all this stuff, and I'm accountable for what I'm saying. But I saw schools of the prophetic happening here. Amen. Come on. Like Literally. If we've got a pastor-teacher movement, then that's all we're turning out is pastor-teachers in our training centers in the nation, then who's about to birth the prophetic and the evangelistic and the apostolic schools? Well, I'm doing my best for the apostolic schools. We've had nine of them. We've had 940 people come to our nine schools in Canada. What to do? Because if it's really God and he's restoring his five-fold ministry, then somebody's got to champion the cause. There's got to be a van. A van. 
a van. Most people do not have five-fold ministry leadership in their local church. You have the opportunity to have that and to lead that way into your future. Seriously. You have that opportunity. And the thing of it is, is what has to happen is prophets and apostles and evangelists, what do they have to do? They have to embrace equipping as their best friend, not their prophetic gift. But who am I giving my gift to? Who am I training in how to hear the word, hear the voice of God? And who am I, uh, who's, who am I training that releases all those things that opens up somebody to be a prophetic person and to walk in those wonderful gifts of the Spirit? An understanding of biblical sonship that releases servant leadership will take us there. Authentic, relevant leaders. It's not about pride. It's about being confident people of God and advancing the cause of Christ in the world. Can somebody agree with me there, please? I must advance the cause of Christ. Where did I get that? Calvary Temple, Belleville. It was a mantra for all of our young people years ago. Does that, Heather, do you remember that? Where are you, Heather? You were here. You remember that, Heather? I must advance the cause of Christ. That came here. That advancement in my spirit came from this region. We must advance the cause of Christ. See, very few people will die for anybody's vision. Doesn't matter how wonderful the vision is. But people will die for a cause. The cause is underneath everything. It's the cause that produces the vision. It's the cause that produces the mission. It's the cause that produces the vision and the values. It's the cause that produces everything. And so, <laughs> are we not a people in the earth with a cause? We get caught in the vortex of our own life. In the proximity of our own space. And we can't see beyond what God has for every one of us in, in this room. There's an amen in the house. I don't need you to agree with me for me to continue on. That's not the point. I'm just wanting to make sure that we're comprehending and things are flowing through in a beautiful way. It is also about raising up a prophetic people that will keep in step with the Spirit. I believe that your leader, Kevin and Sherry, as I've listened to their messages over the last six months, are endeavoring to keep in step with the Spirit, hearing what God is saying and bringing to you as the people of this region that bring to you the word of the Lord week after week after week. And that while I'm listening on my podcast, I'm saying, what am I going to do with what I'm now hearing? What am I going to do with what I'm hearing? Oh, that was another great message by Pastor Kevin. That was another great message by Pastor Kevin. Oh, Pastor Kevin. Wonderful message, wonderful message. It's like the lady said to me when I was pastoring in Bancroft. I preached on a Sunday morning. I was a young buck. <laughs> yeah, it was a couple years ago. And I walked out the door and she shook my hand. And she said, she shook my hand. She said, uh, Pastor Ken, I want you to know that I didn't enjoy your message this morning. <laughs> Just like taking a great big old knife I was like a walking zombie. I got everybody else has shook my hand. I can't remember their name, their face, or anything, because I just walked by. Oh, who are you? 
because that word went so deep inside me. And about four or five minutes later, a lady came back into the church building, walked back up, put her hand out again. She said, I said I didn't enjoy your message, but I will obey it. I don't care whether you enjoy this this morning or not. I don't mean that the way I said it. I do care. Right? But I want to qualify my words this morning. Let's stop. Grading messages. Let's hear what the Lord is saying to our hearts. Come on. I had no plan to share this with you today. At all. In the midweek, I thought, why would you want me to go there? He says, because that's what I'm establishing this house as. So like he was telling me the way he sees you. It's the way he sees you. Father sees you as the van. No arrogance. He's placing you in a leadership position. He has given you incredible friends of the faith to walk with you. Yes? My prayer for us this morning in this room, it is time to cooperate with Holy Spirit and watch him transform us into the van. Anybody with me here this morning? To transform us into the van. Now, when I was working with my uncle years ago, he taught me how to drive a van. <laughs> That's what I thought vans were. <laughs> you know, I've had a van since 1988, so I, you know, that's I'm a van guy, right? I like the Pacificas and I love the vans, and and um, yeah, I've driven one of them right across Canada 14 times. You know, so I uh, I'm pretty committed to the van. I love the I love sitting up higher, and I love the vantage point. This is where I'm coming. Are we coming? I love the vantage point. I used to drive tractor trailer, and I loved the vantage point. I could see what all the little Volkswagen rabbits couldn't see. You know, you know, I've got them in my side view mirror, and I've got them, you know, and I'm looking for those little things that get stuck sometime in your blind spot. Has anybody here ever had a blind spot? You ever had a vehicle gets stuck in your blind spot? Yeah. You ever get people that drive on the highway and they park themselves yeah. beside you at the same speed? In the blind spot? Anybody? Yeah. Now, do you have nice words for those people? <laughs> well, what I do is I thought, well, they're not staying in my blind spot, so I have two things. Speed up or slow down. Right? My internal temptation is, <laughs> is to speed up, right? That's just how I'm wired. But I find it more effective to slow down and let them pass. It's quite possible this morning that the Holy Spirit is wanting us to have a look at some of our blind spots. Right? Because you can't make progress by looking in the rearview mirror. But we have to check it but not live in it. Or we'll run smack dab into something that is in front of us. The vanguard, what else is it? 
It's the leaders of a movement. Isn't that what we want to raise up for the next generation? The young people and young adults and the children? Not want to be leaders, but real leaders of the next generation. A movement continually flowing with the Spirit of God. Leaders who know God and desire to make Him known. Not paid professionals, but men and women who know their God. Pentecost was birthed as a result of a move of God. We want to perpetuate this. His moving in our lives could release a movement in the land. You've heard me say I'm not a revival guy. I'm not. I'm an awakening guy. You know, I've, I've seen so many revivals and they, they have a starting point and a stopping point. But Canada is yet to see an awakening from coast to coast. Why not become a part of a movement to awaken our entire nation? Beginning with pockets of people like this right here, smack dab right here in this region in the wonderful name of Jesus. I believe that this is a center of conferring. That there is a conferring anointing upon this congregation. I believe you've known that in times past. I believe you stepped back into it last September. And I believe that there is an anointing to confer. What does that mean, Ken? It means to call people together. To have this place be a serving body. To confer what God is saying in the land. What God is saying in the nation. And there's that been conferred upon you. It's there. It means that this place must be a house that gives. To be able to do everything that God wants to do through you. By the power of the Holy Is this bearing witness with anybody's spirit in this room this morning? Can you say amen? And here's the key point this morning. It's especially persons who experiment with new ideas. Why do we shut down people with new ideas? Why do we do that? Oh, that's just a crazy idea. Do you know I shut down my wife many years ago? She was a, a registered nurse. She still is. And she came up with this design, because she's working with patients all the time, of a motorized car. But God gave it to her in a, green, a dream called Compact 040. And I laughed at her. She said, Ken, I think there's a real market for the Compact 040. I said, what on earth is a Compact 040? She said, there's all kinds of wheelchair patients that need motorized vehicles. Guys, there were nothing around. And I dissed it. How many millions do you think we might have had I listened to that dream? Hey, who's got? I said to somebody last night, God's awakening dreams. I don't know who it was, but he's awakening dreams. He's awakening dreams. It was you, Lindell, his wife, right? God, some of you have dreams. This man wrote a book on awake, the dream. Are we going to just say, well, let's just bury he's part of us, and so we <laughs> turned it off? Because he's a familiar voice, right? Right? Well, what if God had permission tonight to awaken you in the night? Already one of your leaders texted me this morning, had a dream at 5 o'clock this morning. He wants to awaken stuff. And that awakening will take you to another level personally. And when you join yourself with the corporate body, the corporate body will go to another level. <laughs> but don't get excited. <laughs> Just keep that kind of tucked in your sock somewhere. Oh, you like those socks? Come here. Come here. We got Experimenting leaders. You say, oh, no, Ken, what are you doing here? Lifelong learners, not just students. 
graduates, but those who are willing to wade into unfamiliar territories, research new ways of doing things, co-innovators, as it were, with the Creator. Anybody ready to innovate, innovate, innovate with God? Welcome the innovation of the Holy Spirit because we don't know what it's going to look like. This will produce a harvest of change agents. Oh, no. I hate change. Do you know how many times we've incarcerated ourselves with our own words? I hate change. I had an aunt down in Kingston. Her name is Aunt Shirley. Her husband would go out to work in the morning and she'd change the color of a room. She'd have it all back in place when he got back home, change colors, everything. She'd rearrange the furniture. How many of you guys would permit your wife to rearrange the furniture or if she messes with your big chair, you get all hot under the collar? But we should just do something today that we've never done before. Like, why not? Does anybody get tired of the same old, same old? I thought you'd have your hand up. And somebody's got blue hair. I think somebody has their hand up. Come on now. You're, you're, you're ordained to be a change agent. <laughs> Here it comes. Are you ready? This posture will create fresh atmosphere for mindsets of experimentation to thrive and to create a climate of willingness to risk as normative behavior, not occasional. Guys, I put this together 16 years ago. It's never come out. <laughs> but for such a time as this, this morning, in a, with a body of people that I've journeyed with you for the last 20 years, two decades, what's our future? It's about innovation. It's about creativity. It's about empowerment. It's about broad-based uses of technology in an information age. How can God use you there? It's about new delivery systems and methodologies of delivering truth. It's about creating a change-friendly environment, not seeing change as an enemy, which is always threatening us, but a friend advancing us <laughs> and his purpose through us. Experimentation, pilot projects, trial and error are the key. How is it that Alberta has gone forward so much? It's because of everything they put away for R&D. Every apostolic church that's in our apostolic stream, not our network. I ask every leader to put 10% of the general giving into an apostolic fund. They say to me, why? Because there must be funds to move the entity forward. I thought that would have a great amen. But those of you that are in business, how many know you need funds to move forward? Is that So our business is advancing the kingdom of God. So I say, carve out 10% of your general giving and put it away. And your overseeing leader manages that and releases that strategically so that your house and your ministry and your apostolic center can move forward into its preferred future in God. Mistakes are, or incorrect assumptions must be a part of our learning process. Mistakes are a part of life, and everybody, please, somebody say amen to that. Amen. If you can't remember your last mistake, let me pray over your memory this morning, okay? <laughs> what is the vanguard? Let me give you a picture of what the vanguard is. It's vantage point people. We're vocal. We operate from a victory mindset. We're authentic. 
We're authorized. We're able by the power of the Spirit. We work with new ideas and new delivery systems. We are God-centered. We guard against surprises. We understand our times. We are unified in purpose. We are advancing His cause. We are agents of change. We are relevant and we are ready. We are disciplined and dedicated and determined and we are diligent to do what? To see this kingdom that we've talked about advanced. It's either that or it's just going to be chatter. And I think it's got to be more than chatter. Anybody say, I want more than chatter? You say, Ken, what's this going to cost me? We haven't talked about that today. No, we haven't. The Holy Spirit's already talking to you about the cost. The cost is our commitment. I took this picture here. This, my, this is my son. Sent me this a couple years ago. And I went looking for it this week, and I, I just added it in as a, per, as a perspective. This is where he was skiing in the mountains. Sunshine, Lake Louise out that way. And he took that. Isn't that a beautiful you know what that represents to me? It represents to me the path of where he's just come from. You have a path of where you've come from. And then this is the next son picture my son took. This is a picture of where he's going. So let me ask you a question. Do we want to stay there in the rearview mirror? As beautiful as it is? The pathway is there. The fun was experienced. Enjoyed the ride. All good things. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. And you got that vantage point and all the things that have happened to our ministry. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we shout and do all that. But how about this next part here is where we say, okay, God, you have a preferred future for me and for this house. And there he is taking a picture. That's Adam at the top of that mountain. Taking that picture, he sent it to me. And I thought, oh God, that you would lift us up to that place. Let us begin to see the way you see. Let us begin to hear what you want us to hear. But give us eyes to see. I wrote a short article to leaders within the network a number of years ago. I asked them, those that have been in their cities for many years, if they would purposely drive out of their cities find all the high points around the city and begin to pray in a new way. Because the longer that you're in a community, the less we can see about that community. So I asked them all to take every access point into their cities and drive out with their wives and park at the edge of the city limits on the north, south, east, west, however, at the airport, whatever it may be, however access is granted. I asked them, would you go out there and do that and ask God for fresh eyes for fresh leadership in your community. I encourage them to do that. I say, Ken, what are you, what are you, I'm trying to help us see the way God wants us to see. Like we just drive up and down Belleville Streets, right? Belleville, that, that's there. And there. But if we, what if we went up Highway 62 and Highway 37 and Highway 2 West and Highway 2 East and got down on the shoreline? What if, we, what, what if we went out to the airport? What if we went to the train station and the bus station and said, oh God... Would you help us to see the way you want us to see? I believe that this ministry could be an integral part of the revitalization of the core of old Calgary, of old Belleville. Part of the complete revitalization of what God wants to do, I believe, in our communities. What else is going to attract people to your area? 
And he'll be praying for businesses that come into this area like crazy. That's one of our major intercessory prayer move. God, would you bring business? Why? So that we can have people employed. Why? So that they can earn money and keep their family. Why else? So the kingdom can be expanded through a church that is blessed by God. I'm almost finished. Say good. I'm glad you're almost finished. I'm almost there. Be patient with me. Let me read this to you. Our future will continually demand the reorganizing of our thinking and the recalibration of our functioning. Strategic thinking can be summed up quite simply. I met a lot of people that want to get right into strategic planning, but there's a step before that. So we've got to come together and begin to think. What is strategy? The science and the art of war. And I believe that God wants to download strategies for you in this house, for this region. Point number one, how can it be summed up? What seems to be happening in your area? Number two, what possibilities do we face? Number three, what are we going to do about it? Action. Are we going to live more in our past than working with Holy Spirit to move into his preferred future for us. I conclude. I believe we must honor the past. We must value the present. But I believe that we must engage in a fresh listening prayerful, forward thinking and planning because our future is going to eclipse our past. And I say amen to that myself. May I bless you this morning. May I read something to you. Would you hold out your hands in front of you like this? Maybe would you stand together with me? I want to read to you from the scriptures. I would like to speak a blessing over everyone in this house. I led our congregation to 10 days of waiting on God. We came as a corporate body for 10 days in a row. To not ask God for anything, but to wait in his presence. I find that strategic plans come from that listening posture, that waiting before the Lord. And I believe that Holy Spirit in that week gave me a chapter that I believe he's designed for me to read over the people of God. You can read it yourself. You're all capable of doing that, but I'd like to read it over you. Are you ready? Who's ready for it? Say, I'm ready, I'm ready. To, receive to receive the word of the Lord. Word of the Lord. Psalm 115. Here's what the word of the Lord says to you this morning. All you Israelites, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. House of Aaron, trust in the Lord. 
He is their help and shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord, for he is your help and shield. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless his people Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless all those that fear the Lord, both small and great alike. Verse 14. May the Lord cause you, desert stream, to flourish, both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. It is not the dead who praise the Lord. It is not those who go down into the place of silence who praise the Lord. It is we who extol the Lord, both now and forevermore. Praise the Lord. And over you this morning, may the Lord cause you to flourish, both you and your children. And may you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, I submit this message to this body this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank you to allow your word to work by your spirit. I pray you would come as the divine strategist over this house and begin to download plans and strategies that you have for the forward movement of this van in this community in the name of the Father, in the name of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and in the name and the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you agree with that this morning, can you shout, Amen? Amen. Can you shout, Hallelujah? Hallelujah! Kevin, I submit this to you this morning. The fear of God, the love of the Lord. Ken was sharing, he talked about listening to all the messages that we've been talking about in the next level, going there, and uh, uh, I remembered Glenn Berto's challenge many years ago when he was at youth convention in Kingston, and he said, do we uh, listen to sermons and do we study the word just to become smart sinners, or do we do it so that we can grow to become more like Christ, walk in obedience, and fulfill what he has placed upon our life. Going to church is great. I always enjoy it. I have a great time. I enjoy the Lord's presence. I enjoy uh, worshiping. I enjoy singing. I enjoy uh, hearing God's word. I can't hardly ever think of a time I didn't enjoy being in, in with the body believers, and uh, I know I haven't had one when I haven't enjoyed it here. But just enjoying church isn't enough. Just, in, you know, having a wonderful time with the Lord is not enough. He wants us to obey Him. He wants us to walk in what we have heard. He wants us to implement. He wants us to follow Him and to partner with Him, to dream with Him. And, uh, and that's what we have to do. We've been uh, spending a lot of time as staff lately. You know, we used to, we have a staff meeting every Tuesday morning, and they've been great times, good fellowship. Uh, to pray, we pray over, you know, needs that people write down and all the rest of it. But, you know, we're usually in 9 out by 11, 10, 30, 11. Uh, last week we were out at 
at 1.30 in the afternoon. The week before that wasn't much different. Uh, by the time we finish, Barry's eating his shoes because he's so hungry. And, uh, you know, but, but God's stirring something in our heart. We're not, we're, we're in a place where we just need to know that God is working through his people. And we are not content to just uh, be there. We want to fulfill God's purposes in the earth. Are you hearing me this morning? So what I want you to do this morning is I want you to just take your right hand and place it on your heart like this. Just place it on your heart. And with me this morning, I just want you to, to make a pledge before the Lord. Father, this day, Father, this day I, pledge I pledge to be not just a hearer, not just be a hearer of, your word, of your word, but a doer also. Father, you have spoken this morning. Father, you have spoken this morning. Deeply into our heart. Deeply into our heart. Much of what we've heard, much of what we've heard. We, may not yet understand fully, we may not yet understand fully. But we stand today. Stand ready, today. Ready, ready. To hear. To hear. And to obey. And to obey. Lord, show us. Show us. In the weeks to come. In the weeks to come. How to put feet. How to put feet. To your word. How, Lord, to put action, How to, put action. to what has been declared. Father, help us today to move when you say move, to go when you say go, to be obedient to the Lord. Father, we repent of being just a hearer and not a doer of your word. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Just uh, close your eyes this morning. I just want to pray over you. I'm going to ask Sherry to come on up here with me this morning. We want to just stretch our hands out over you. As a mother and father of the house, we just stretch them out today and we say, Father, would you bless yes. your children? Yes, Father. Father, would you bless this house and bless these lives, Lord. And Father, would you take what Ken has shared, what's been incubating in his spirit for these many, many years that, Lord, you said to him, share here this morning. And Father, would you take this word and, Lord, would you cement it to our spirit so that, Father, it's glued to our spirit like contact cement. Father, that it cannot be shaken, that it keeps, uh, it follows us everywhere we go. It, Lord, uh, uh, it, it, it undergirds our activity. Father, it causes us to get along with you and to dream with you. Father, would you do that in this house today? Father, we, we speak over the lives that are gathered here. We stretch out our hands by faith, asking you, Lord, to bless them, encourage them, work through them. Lord, to release the dreams that are in their spirit so that, Father, we can affect change in our world for the glory of God and for his kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. I know that uh, there's kids waiting. I know that it's a little late. We, uh, we just thank you for your patience, but we release you into what God has for you because God has great purpose in it. In Jesus' name, God bless you.